Hey, you're listening to a podcast from New Life Church in Fort Smith. We would love to connect with you. So find us on Instagram or Facebook at NLC Fort Smith. Enjoy the message. All right. We are in this series, Fear Not. Today is the last Sunday in this series. And I'm going to ask you uh, straight up, what are you afraid of? Now, I don't, I don't want you to tell me uh, just the normal old thing. I want somebody that's afraid of something that's a little bit outside of the norm. Uh, tell me what you're afraid of. Just somebody shout it out. Dictionaries? Oh, big snakes. Okay. <laughs> I thought you said dictionaries. Lord. Anybody else? What's that? Somebody? Cleaning the, <laughs> Cleaning the house. Listen, I'll tell you, I have a lot of things that I'm afraid of, okay? My list is long. It's a laundry list. I got, uh, I, but to, to boil it down, I'll tell you this. I'm afraid of anything that could kill me, okay? Uh, can a snake kill me? Yes, I'm afraid of. A spider kill me? Sure, I'm afraid of. Going real fast in the car, could that kill me? Sure, then put me in a slow car, all right? I'm afraid of things that could kill me, but the thing that tops my list, the number one thing that I'm afraid of right now that I can think of is the Arkansas-Oklahoma State Fair, all right? This is the first time, this last year is the first time I ever went to the Arkansas-Oklahoma State Fair, and all my fears were confirmed. It was everything, everything that I knew I didn't want to have happened to me, happened to me at that thing. And I don't understand people who have no fear of the rides at the carnival. I, I can't comprehend that because I think if you are, a, no offense, but if you are really thinking this through, you should be afraid. It's terrifying. These rides are put together by people who do not care whether you live or die, all right? And I was at, I went this, this uh, fall with my kids. My kids wanted to go. God love them. And, and I'm just sweating bullets in line. I'm, I mean, people, we went with uh, some people from the staff. Brenda Ramirez will line up for any ride, and she will ride anything without giving it a second thought. It goes upside down and twists around and spins all over the place. She's in line. Put me on it. I'm in line for the Tilt-A-Whirl, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, please be with me, Jesus, during this thing. My, my 8-year-old daughter is comforting me on the rides. We get on those swings. I'm in line for the swings, and all I can think about is all it is going to take is one of these chain links to break, and I'm dead. One chain link? I'm one chain link away from death? Oh, my goodness. No, I don't want anything to do with this. If you're not scared of it, I'm sorry. You should be scared of it, all right? The first thing that I remember being afraid of when I was a kid, if you grew up like me, your dad watched this show called Unsolved Mysteries. Y'all see this man right here? I am bound up with bondage and fear because of this man. And if you grew up watching this, you can remember this man's voice. You can hear this picture right here. Terrifying. Terrifying. Because they used to have episodes about UFOs, alien abduction, and I would lay in bed at, my night, lay in bed at night and think, they're coming for me. They're coming for me. And still from time to time, as an adult, if I wake up in the middle of the night and I hear a sound, I think that they are. They've like, been waiting 35 years, but they came, boy. No, I, I rebuke you in the 
I cannot stand to even hear that man speak anymore. It brings, that's the sermon series that I want to hear. How to get freedom from unsolved mystery. Y'all write in a prayer request for me. All right. Listen, I'm not going to talk about uh, what you shouldn't fear today. I'm going to flip it around and I'm going to talk about the one fear in your life that you should have. Because there is a fear that God says, you should have this in your life. And if you get this right, then it will equip you to face any fear that you have going forward. And we're going to unpack this. Let's pray. God, I love you. I thank you so much for your love for us. And we thank you for your word. And I pray for the people here today that are struggling, that are afraid, that are bound up with fear about different things. And I know it's very, very real to them. And I pray for your freedom that comes in your presence or through your word or in relationship with other believers. However you bring that freedom, I pray that it would start today in their lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. Open your Bibles. Let's read this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord. When we're talking about the one fear that you should have, this is what I'm talking about. The fear of the Lord. And when I was a kid, this didn't make any sense to me because we sang these songs, Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. And they tell you, Jesus loves you. He cares for you. God has a plan for your life. He's merciful. He's gracious. He's good. He's wonderful. They tell you all these things in Sunday school. And then they turn around and they tell you, fear the Lord. And I think to myself, well, which one is it? Do you want me to be afraid of God? Or do you want me to think that God loves me and he's all good and everything's fine? Which which one of these things do you want me to feel? I'll tell you this. There's really two different types of fearing the Lord. It's different for believers than it is for unbelievers. So I'm going to start by telling you what the fear of the Lord is for an unbeliever, someone that doesn't know God or hasn't come to Christ. If you are here and you are an unbeliever, I want you to hear me when I tell you this. We love you and we are so glad that you are here. The reason that we got up this morning and unlocked this church is, that you, is so that you would walk through those doors. We prayed that you would come. And we really are so thankful that you, we know you have a lot of things to do. People are busy and you came here on a Sunday morning to spend it with us. And so if you're an unbeliever in this place, if you're an agnostic, an atheist, I want you to know you are welcomed here with open arms. We are grateful. And I want you to know this. God loves you. He cares about you. We would do, any, we would do almost anything, okay, to help you experience the hope of Jesus and help you come to know him. That is our heart he wants you to know him. But there is a fear that comes with being an unbeliever, and it is this. 
What if God is real? Because the truth is, the only way to be certain is to die. And once you die, it's too late to change your mind. The truth is this. All of us will stand before God. We will all stand before God. Romans 14, verses 10 through 12 says this. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. This day is coming for believers and for unbelievers. The difference is believers, those that follow God and love him, we have a hope, and that hope is Jesus. And he has come to pay our debt so that when we stand before God, Jesus can be there with us. Now, if you are an unbeliever, and you think about this moment, you have every right to feel afraid. Because if God is real, then you have to think this moment won't go so well for you. And listen, I, I grew up going to summer camps, and there was always hellfire and brimstone preachers that would tell me, you're going to hell, son. And I'd be like, I don't want to go to hell. You're going to love Jesus, so you're going to go to hell. Which is it? I love Jesus. I love him. I love him so much. I'm not going to scare you into trying to create loving your heart for Jesus. That is not what I'm doing at all, okay? I don't want you to hear, hear me saying this and think I'm trying to scare you into loving God. It don't work like that. What I am trying to say is this. One day... I love you. I need you to know this. One day you will stand before God. It's real. And how we fear God depends on how we're living. Ezekiel 18, 20 says this, the soul that sins shall die. Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. There is a God. We will stand before him. This is what we believe. And if you don't know Jesus, you will spend eternity separated from him. That is not what our hope is for you. So if you don't know Christ, that fear is real. But if you do know Christ, if you are a believer, then let me tell you this. We have no reason to fear God in that way because we have Jesus, his grace and his goodness and if you're not living in sin, then there is another type of fear of God that you should have in your life, the fear of the Lord. It's not like a horror movie. It's not like Scream 1, 2, or 3, all right? It is this. The fear of the Lord means to take God seriously. I take him seriously because he is holy. He is wonderful. He is amazing. He should inspire awe in me. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 2, 2, there is no one like him. Isaiah 6, 3 says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. We serve a holy God. Exodus 15, 11, no one in heaven and earth is like God. Majestic in holiness. Awesome. 
in glorious deeds. When I fear the Lord, when I walk in the fear of the Lord, it's saying I take him seriously. I hold him in high regard. I recognize that he is awesome. He is the creator, sole creator of heaven and earth, the universe, and everything in it. And because I recognize who God is and what his character is and what he's like, then I have a reverence for him. Reverence is a bit of a lost art in the church today. If you grew up in a church like I grew up in a church, I had a grandma that taught, if you didn't have the fear of the Lord, she'd give it to you. You know what I mean? You walk into the church, you walk into the sanctuary, and she's going to make sure that there is some reverence in you. Don't you be laughing. I have my sister, she made me laugh. My grandma would slap me in the back of the head. You know what I mean? If I even opened up a cough drop in the church, there's a little spot right back here where you can grab and just pinch. Y'all know what I'm talking about? My grandma would pinch the fire out of my arm because I'm going to learn. This is a church. This is a sanctuary. We're going to reverence. We're going to have reverence here. Uh, there aren't too many places like this in the world today where you go and there's like, it's just different. We were at the tomb of the unknown soldier a few months ago, me and Jess and Marcus and Brooke. That place is just different. If you've ever been there, you know you walk up and it's quiet. Nobody's talking. You can't. You can hear a pin drop, and everybody is just waiting. We're just standing there waiting. I didn't know when the thing was going to start. I didn't know how all this stuff worked. I'm just standing there waiting. No one's saying a word. Then they start the changing of the guard, and you hear everything that they're doing because no, one, no one's even whispering during that because it's like this place is different. This place is special. This place is set apart. We have reverence. I grew, I grew up in that church. I, when I moved from Magnolia to New York in the ghetto of Brooklyn, we had, we had an usher team, and they were all women, all right? And they were militant about, uh, you are not going to bring food or drink or wear a hat. None of this stuff in the sanctuary because this place is different, right? There was a, uh, uh, an usher. She was probably six foot three. Her name was Diesel, and I'm not kidding. It was Diesel, and uh, I remember her. This kid walked in with a drink. She picked him up and took him back outside and set him down and said, not in my house. I was like, oh, my God. I had a bottle of water like this, and I walked in, and she just stood right in front of me. And I worked for the church, and I said, hey, Miss Diesel, and she said, mm-mm, and I Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I just turned back around and went inside. Listen, I appreciate new life, okay? I'll just be honest. Me and my family moved here 10 years ago. We love this way. You, you can sit in here. You can wear blue jeans to church. You can drink coffee. You can wear flip-flops in the summertime. Nobody even cares, all right? It's real casual. It's real friendly. I, I love that so much. But one of the things that I never want to make the mistake of doing is thinking that because this is casual that my relationship with God can be just as casual because our relationship with God is never something that we were intended to take flippantly 
our understanding of God and how we live our life as believers, we are called to live in the fear of the Lord, taking him seriously, understanding who he is. We should treat him as precious. When they used to copy the scrolls of the, the books of the Old Testament, they would, they would write, 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 and they would get to where they had to write the name of God. When they knew that day, they knew on this day, I'm going to have to write the name of God. They would get up in the morning. They would go and they would pray. And they would seek God. And it, it said they would pray until they felt their heart was ready. This is just to write his name. And then they would go to work. They would sit down, grab a brand new quill, take it, dip it in the ink. As carefully as they possibly could, they would write the name of God. They would take that quill, put it away, and never use it again because his name was that precious. They had reverence for God. And as believers, there has to be some of that in what we do on a daily basis, on how we live. Deuteronomy 13.4 says, It is the Lord your God you must follow, and him you must revere. Keep his commands and obey him, serve him, and hold fast to him. As we get up and we go through our day, this is how we are to live our day in full awareness that he is there and I'm taking it seriously. And the Bible says, if you do this, things are going to be well with you. There are lots of promises in the Bible for those that fear the Lord, that walk in a fear of the Lord. And I'm going to go through some of them. There are too many for me to list this morning, but I'm going to give you four of them real quick. Fearing God, number one, brings wisdom. These are the promises that God has laid out in Scripture. I read this earlier, Proverbs 19.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Let me tell you this. You can have 25 degrees in 25 different subjects, and you can go to school for 25 years. But if you don't have the fear of the Lord in your life, then the Bible says that you are ignorant about the most important thing. You can have a lot of knowledge, but you lack true wisdom. And if you want to talk to someone that has true wisdom, I'll tell you, in my life, when my grandma was living, my grandma feared the Lord. And you say what you want to about slapping me in the back of the head and pinching me on the arm and all this stuff. But let me tell you this. My grandma walked with God every day. My grandma got up in the morning and prayed for us, prayed for her family. During the tough times of her life, she trusted Jesus and she trusted him her whole life. And anytime I was going through something or sometime where I needed some wisdom, I pick up the phone and call my grandma. You talk about wisdom. Some of the wisest people in here never went to college. Some of them never went through high school and finished the thing. But they have trusted Jesus every day of their life. And they have walked in the fear of the Lord. And you talk about wisdom. If you need wisdom, go find you one of those people in this church. And sit down and say, hey, I'm going through some things. And they can shed some light in your life from how they have lived. They lived it. Number two, fearing God keeps us from evil. Proverbs 16, 6. 
unfailing love and faithfulness make atonement for sin. By fearing the Lord, people avoid evil. When you fear the Lord and you live in his wisdom on a daily basis, it'll keep you from wrecking your life. You have the power to go out and wreck your life. But if you live in the fear of the Lord and obey his commands and his law and understand that he is right here speaking to you, it'll keep you from wrecking your life. You trust a God who can see the beginning and the end at the same time. That's where I place my trust. Number three, fearing the God brings health to the body. Proverbs 3, verses 7 and 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Amen. We could all use some of that. When we fear God and walk in his wisdom, we treat our body as the temple of the Holy Spirit. Number four, fearing God gives us divine protection. Proverbs, verses 5 through 7. Trust, 3, verses 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. The Bible says he will make your paths straight. As you walk in his wisdom, as you walk in the fear of the Lord, he will protect you and make your path straight. I want to read to you. Let me, let me tell you, if you're going through something, and you say, I need some of that. I need some of that on a daily basis. Because I know life ain't perfect. There's no Superman in here. We all go through stuff. And you go through times where you do fear and you experience fear. Open up your Bible. You all have a phone. Open it up. Psalm chapter 91. And just read it. I know you've heard it. But just read it. Word for word. I think I got time. I'm just going to read this. Are you all okay? Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. And this is what he says. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen? And just like that, that's how close you are to the peace of God. In your heart. Open your Bibles. Bookmark it. Psalm 91. Circling back to this series. 
fearing not. How, we, we talked about um, Daniel. We talked about the lion's den. We talked about the fiery furnace. We talked about all these, these things that people fear, the fear of man last week. This is the thing. We've given you lots of tips and advice and how to face these things and how to overcome these things. But it all boils down to this one thing. When Daniel faces the trials and the tribulations in his life, the fear of the Lord is bigger in his heart than the fear of whatever circumstance is before him. Because he walks in the fear of the Lord. Every point of fear is an opportunity for me to see God at work in my life. Because here's the truth. Every time, <clears throat> every time I face a fear, I stand at a crossroads. On this side, I can react by giving in to my fear. On this side, I can react by just letting myself rest in the fear of the Lord, taking him seriously, acknowledging that he is great and he is bigger than any problem that I face. Every time I have a fear, I am at a crossroads. How do I respond? Many times we respond by acting out of that fear. And when we do that, we take away that opportunity for God to move and work in our life. How could God have responded in this situation if I wouldn't have taken it into my own hands? How could he have worked that out if I wouldn't have tried to figure it out for myself? And a lot of times the things that you are afraid of end up happening to you because you try to work it out yourself. Because fear is a type of attention. When I'm fearing something, I'm thinking about something, I'm giving it my attention. Let me, let me tell y'all about my dog. I got a dog, a golden doodle named Callie. I got a picture of it. Look at this dog. Pretty dog, man. I love this dog. Y'all know I grew up down south. We had dogs when I was growing up that lived in the yard. You know, they just, dogs lived outside. That's what dogs do. I, I didn't ever have a dog that lived inside with us among the people, you know. And people would say, what kind of dog is that? I'd be like, oh, it's a brown dog, you know. Who knows what kind of dog it is. That's the kind of dogs I had growing up. This is a legitimate designer dog, you know. This is a fancy dog here. My mom got this dog for me. And I love this dog. Best family dog I've ever had in my whole life. Loves our family. <clears throat> but when someone comes over to our house, this dog is terrified of them. It embarrasses me because I think these dogs should be friendly. You know, I hear all my friends say, oh, this dog gives and licks every person that comes in the door. My dog doesn't. My dog runs and hides. It's so scared. People ask me, they say, oh, is it a rescue dog? I'm like, no, <laughs> it ain't a rescue dog. It's just my dog. I don't think I've ever mistreated it, you know. The dog has a bed. It has a water bowl in the kitchen. Like, we're doing the whole thing that they do on TV with dogs, you know. But this dog is scared. My father-in-law was here this week, here for like four days. And the moment he walked in the house, she was terrified. She ran in the corner. She hit. She doesn't want to be near him. But you know what she does? She watches him. Every move that he makes, she jumps up, you know, all he has to do is scratch his head and she's running halfway across the room. She can't get comfortable, but her eyes never go off of him. And a lot of times the things that we are afraid of, they take up all of our attention. 
And the things that we give attention to are the things that we drift towards. In life, the things that you look at and that spend your time looking at, those are the things that you are moving towards. I was talking with Carl this morning about mountain biking. He said when he's telling people about mountain biking, he says it's important that you don't look at the trees, right? You look at the gaps in between the trees where you're riding your bike. And it reminded me, I went mountain biking one time, believe it or not, out at Vingaren Park, and there's a little wooden bridge, and they were telling me, don't look over the sides of the bridge, just look at where you're going and pedaling, keep pedaling. Well, I looked off the side of the bridge, and I could feel myself turning the bike, and I thought to myself, don't do this, what are you doing? And I drove right off the bridge. I fell down in the thing. They had to get a truck and bring me out of the Ben Garen Park over there. I haven't been mountain biking since. Where my vision is, that is where I'm headed. And so when you are focused on your fear, it ends up happening because you start drifting towards it. It's like the person that's afraid of being alone and being single, and they end up that way anyway. What happens is they're afraid of being single. I don't want to be single. I don't want to be single. And they think about that. And they're at the crossroads. And instead of trusting in the sovereignty of God and understanding I'm living in the fear of the Lord, recognizing he is there and he's taking care of all this, they try to figure it out themselves. What ends up happening is they, they lower their standards. They end up with somebody so that they're not single. But the person that they end up with, God never would have had them with. And that person ends up breaking their heart. And then they end up alone anyway. It's it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy a lot of times. When I try to sort things out myself and I don't just trust that God is going to take care of it, I end up getting myself into all sorts of trouble. That's why where my attention is is so important. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Don't think about the things that you're afraid of all the time and spend all your time worried about this fear. Think about these things, about him. He is good. He is praiseworthy. He is excellent. He is pure. He is wonderful. Living in the fear of the Lord. And if Christians get this right there's a, there's a Latin phrase that the church has had for a thousand years. Quorum Deo. It means literally this, to live before the face of God. And when you get the fear of the Lord right in your life, this is what you're saying. You're saying, God, I know you are right here. You are a constant presence. And I want to get to a place where... I am just always aware of the presence of God and not just the presence of God, but the leading of God. God will lead you. He will guide you. But you have to live with the fear of the Lord. So the best way to fight fear in your life of any situation, we fight fear with fear. The fear of situation, we fight with the fear of the Lord in our life. Knowing 
that He's sovereign, He's able, He created the whole universe, He can take care of anything. And let me tell you this, I am not downplaying any of your fears because some of you are against real things. I have struggled with that in my life more times than I can count where I come up with something that I am really truly afraid of. And it's real to me and I'm not downplaying it. But here's what I'm telling you, no matter what it is, God is bigger, God is greater. And he is there and he will lead you and guide you if you trust him and recognize, God, I take you seriously. You are holy. I don't live my life flippantly. I don't live my life with no regard for you because you are real. This morning, I'm going to pray for you.